0: This episode of Higher Learning is rated N for N word, as the word nigga will be said at least 10 times throughout this episode. We hope it doesn't make your version ears bleed, and we hope that you continue to enjoy this podcast episode. Thank you, niggas. Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr.
1: And it's me,
0: Rachel and Lindsay. Rachel, how upset are you that they sullied the 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 name of Hans Christian Andersen and the the tradition of the Little Mermaid by letting a blick. <laughs> I can't believe they did this. I'm so upset. <laughs> we haven't even talked about this. They have a Negro in the water. <laughs>
1: Your posts on social media have been too funny. Um, How do I feel about it? I got to tell you, I I was at a party this weekend and in the pool with other black folks, now that I'm thinking about it. And I think there was a joke that was made about that. And then somebody said, have you seen the trailer for The Little Mermaid? And I said, oh my gosh, I've been so busy wrapped up in things. I haven't seen it yet. And they said, you have to watch it. It will move you. Okay, yeah, I just want you to get that little piece of food off your mouth because that was.
2: Gross. I'm hungry, man.
1: <laughs> no, no, please eat, 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 okay. eat. I just didn't want you to have that white thing stuck to your mouth the whole time.
0: I'm um, okay, go ahead.
1: Okay, so I went home and I was like, okay, I have to watch this. First of all, I felt like I was a kid again watching the movie little mermaid is one of my favorite disney movies and i i was like i had chills and i just i felt emotional and so i felt like then i saw the videos circulating around and um um i saw the one the compilation of all the black girls and their mothers getting the reaction of them seeing yeah. her for the first time as the little mermaid and I got emotional again watching that because I just can't imagine what I was. You're gonna laugh at me, I don't even want to know if I want to say this.
0: When Get I out of the system. Go ahead. Let it happen. When I, I was little, yeah.
1: I went to an all white school mm-hmm. and I mean, I lived in a black neighborhood. I went to church with black people, but I was always teased. You know, I was always called a white girl. And I I talk about this in my book, you know, Miss Me With That, for those of you who haven't read it, that is now out in paperback this week. It is out, so go get it if you haven't already. And I would talk about the identity crisis in that is that I knew I was Black, but Black people would tell me that I wasn't Black enough. And I felt like I had to, you know, water myself down at school to be more white and fit in. So I wouldn't be too black. And they would accept me. I talk about this in elementary feeling this way. And so when I would watch some of these movies that were my favorite, because we all know Disney was pretty much the only thing I could watch. I didn't see myself on the screen. And so I remember being very little wanting to look like that because I couldn't, I didn't see anything else. I mean, I did, but I mean, on television and stuff, like for an imagination and all of that, I mean, animation and all that so to to see black girls get to see something that I didn't see or feel something that I didn't feel at that age, it just took me back. And I was more emotional than I thought that I would be, but I'm so happy. Like it's a, it's a, it's a joy that they get that. And to see, I mean, we all know we got a long way to go, but in some places that we're making strides. So None of these people who want to have a problem with it can take my joy because every video I see of a young black girl, happy, smiling, giddy, overseeing um, her as the Little Mermaid. It just it gives me so much life.
0: Yeah, um, I can't say that I really care about the Little Mermaid that much. I don't even I remember do, having really seen it, you know. No, I get it. I get it. Um Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. I'm more concerned and more I'm more interested in trolling the people who have a problem with this I gotta be honest with you Like it, I, I'm sorry guys you guys know me Like it's very inspirational and I saw that video of all those little girls she's black she's black the black penta the black mermaid and I was like that's amazing I love that you know uh, I will go buy a ticket to this movie. I probably won't actually see it, you know, sometimes. When... <laughs>
1: it's just so bad.
0: I, I just got to be I honest it. With you. I get
1: you're financially supporting it. but Yeah,
0: I'll financially support it to make sure they make, because I financially support all, but I probably won't actually see it because, you know, I got a lot of stuff to watch and it's probably not going to make. She looked amazing. She sounded great. Um, she's a mermaid. She's a mermaid. It's a little mermaid. She's a little mermaid, okay? Uh, but I just love the fact that people are mad i just love it i love the fact that they're mad because it's so
1: stupid no it's not because they're
0: stupid man it's not because of that it is stupid they hate us so much Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. so funny they hate us so much the inconsistency here is wild You guys have seen the TikTok videos, you've seen the Instagrams, you've seen all of the discourse around them taking straight up niggas and having them played by white people. I'm not even talking about like the people who you could argue, okay, this is a Salvadorian because we already know that they straight up take Angelina Jolie, make her Daniel Pearl's wife like blackface just straight up they just play niggas i'm talking about like i literally frank sinatra is not king cole you know what i mean like <laughs> uh, like straight up and then it happens to us we put a fictional character we're talking fictional about now yes a mermaid I just love the fact that it's a mermaid, too, because they say we can't swim. But guess what? We can. We own the oceans, man. We coming for all y'all people. We coming for all y'all people. I said it on Twitter. I want Trevor Jackson as Peter Pan. I want Kiki uh, Kiki Palmer as Snow White. I want to see all of it, man. Samuel L. Jackson as Captain Hook. First of all, Peter Pan is actually that a black actually story. would actually
1: be amazing. Samuel
0: L. Jackson as Captain Hook.
3: Samuel Jackson
0: right. he been wearing the eye patch cuz he, you know, Nick Fury, whatever, man. Has okay, when Brandy played
1: Cinderella, was there this much outrage?
0: Nah, they didn't have the internet. Even if they did, they were, we we, wait, just, we didn't did
1: Wait, they had the internet. they or, had the not internet. not like this not, sure. social
0: me- not social media, Johnny, We didn't know. When did, when did, might, when did Brandy
1: play Cinderella? Like 99
0: Cinderella? or some shit? What no social media. It was How were we supposed to know if they 97. Yeah, like
1: Okay, no yeah, internet. Like. no social.
0: They but had still, barely, I'm just this, wondering. If this internet was there wasn't. was
1: like print or okay, I get you, I get you, I get yeah, you. It's probably I'm just wondering. It was, it was, it was probably I'm thinking some of another like, time that a black a black person played a fictional character like in this space, and I just was was thinking trying to
0: think. I mean, they've there been other times, you know. There have been other times. We're dealing it right now with uh, you know, with Marvel stuff. The Marvel stuff is interesting because these characters are actually black. You know, like Sam Wilson actually becomes Captain America in the books. It's not like they took Sam Wilson, who was a white dude, and they made him black. Like, that actually is the way that, that happened. And like, no. How could a nigger lead the Avengers? Where is he going to lead them? To Popeyes? <laughs> it's so funny. It's so hilarious. They're so I, mad. I feel
1: like I personally have been shielding myself from all of that. I know you take pleasure in it, and you think it's funny but i haven't really seen it i know it's there i know it's there but i don't want to see it but tell me what's the funniest thing you saw <laughs> tell me what's the most outrageous i got
0: no it's not they're <laughs> not outrageous they just sad it's like hey van you guys are so mad about uh when they do this to black people but mermaids the little mermaid is of european and danish folklore Blah 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 to make her black. I don't fucking care. Do y'all understand? Y'all want me to say? They're writing you. They're in your DMs. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Not in my DMs. On the thing, they know I like the bullshit. Do you understand that we don't give a fuck? Even like I don't care. I'm glad. I'm glad. I want to do this more often. I want to do. I want to do like the George Washington story starring (laughs) Courtney B Vance. I to I do it. How's that going to work out? How's Courtney that going to work out? Hey, look, we do it and we make George Washington white and the black, slaves. And we make the slaves white. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: We just
0: change it. And then we see how they feel. You know what I mean? I
1: mean, they want to rewrite history, they want to change things in the history books. So why not? Man, you're in the movie making business. Why not?
0: Put it look, out
1: there, make it happen. To-
0: I'm about to do. I'm about to make an entire bag of alternate history, starring niggas. You know what I'm saying? Starring niggas. Just, just think a whole movie, just whipping. Just how would it feel? Now you're gonna see. Remember at the end of uh of a time to kill.
1: Oh,
0: like remember (laughs) at the end of a time to kill when when uh Matthew McConaughey says they did all this stuff to this little girl now imagine she's white and the next thing you see is not guilty because you know I want, I want them to see that it. was a power.
1: That was a powerful moment okay when you were doing the whipping and stuff I thought you were going to say do you remember that part of the scary movie too <laughs> or is it a scary movie you didn't see it
0: that. no I never saw a scary movie I you
1: never like, saw no, any of the scary movies
0: I don't like comedies like that that wacky shit
1: Dottie, have you seen the scary movies?
0: Yes, but I don't know exactly what you're
2: talking about.
1: Remember the part? Well, I thought he was talking about whips and stuff. Remember the part where they're in the movie theater? I can't remember if this is one or two. Um, And they go watch the movie, and it's Keenan and Ivory Wayans, and he's Clearly dressed in like slave clothes, and he comes to the top, and he's like, "I'm the king of the world."
2: Yeah, I think that's the second one. I'm the king of the world. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! <laughs> I'm a star. Get stomp your ass too. back down there, boy.
1: Get your butt back down there, boy. <laughs>
2: Oh, actually, I did. You gotta see it. see it, man. Okay, you did.
1: And they're actually really funny. Maybe not yeah. three and that, and on. But. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I know those. Two. I've
0: seen clips of them, and they're funny. I just wasn't in a scary movie phase at that time. You know what I'm saying? I was living in the hood. You feel me? Life was a scary movie. I, no, I'm just joking. I just did. Wow. See it. Um, <laughs> but I. But you guys gotta understand. Like, there's nothing tastes better than white tears, man. Is white tears and red Kool-Aid with extra sugar. Those are the two things that taste the best. I'm gonna get some Kool-Aid tonight. I, I love it when y'all cry, cry, cry about the mermaid every day. Donnie, put a picture of ha- put a picture of it up right now. Cry about it. Cry about the fucking mermaid. Cry.
2: Mm, your tears are so <laughs> yummy and sweet.
0: We coming for every day character y'all have babe ruth will be paid by Keenan thompson we coming for all of them this what we gotta do to get to y'all we didn't know how to get to y'all we call y'all hunkies y'all brush it off y'all don't even care now though we know how it is baby we coming for all of y'all man all of y'all cry about it the rock playing paul bunyan we coming for y'all cry
1: why is I the casting? It. Why is the casting so good? Why is it Thomas? Yes. I can take
0: to this. <laughs> Keenan Thompson <laughs> is babe Ruth who was probably black anyway. I got to be honest with you.
2: You know what I'm saying?
0: Like cry about it. Please, man. Bill Clinton story starring Cedric the Entertainer. Like like like, like we coming for all y'all. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. They better not never let, let, let us, let Six Feet Over get more movies. And we do have more movies coming out. We're about to start doing some of these movies. We're about to start doing some of these movies. And it's going to be I like Black Superman, Yaya Abdul Mateen, you know, Black Wonder That's Woman, Angela Bassett. We're going to do Wonder Woman. I, I, look, I don't care. I love it. Cry. Get your tears off. God damn it. Kicking us in our ass. Are you gonna cry for some fucking mermaid shit what the fuck is wrong with these people um how's your work how's your uh how's your um how's your week been how you doing rachel it's been busy yeah yeah I'll it's check been, in and t- talk to me about it
1: it's been really busy but i'm i feel like I'm being pulled a lot like when i feel like i'm drowning and I truly feel like i'm drowning. It's a lot. I'm like borrowing time for this, barely, barely hanging on to do this. I'm sleep deprived. I I don't and I'm very type A. So I if I don't feel prepared, there's a whole nother anxiety that accompanies that. But I don't feel like I'm I don't like your I don't like your smile right now. If I feel like I don't have a hold on things, then on top of it, I'm gonna be anxious. And so that makes things even worse for me. So I'm anxious. (sighs)
0: so we're we're alike but we're different so i hate not being prepared right a lot of times you go work with these people and there's this thing that that people do where they go van you're so great just do whatever you want and then i'm like no no this is your fucking show uh, I would like to know the time I have to stop talking. I would like to know what you guys want out of this. Nah, we trust you, man, blah, 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 blah. And, I, and I'm freaking out until I get on the stage or whatever I have to do. Then the freedom is an aphrodisiac. Because I, cause I get on the stage and I say something like, man, look at y'all niggas. Why did y'all come here tonight? You know what I mean? Like they told me to do whatever I, I want to know. It's Friday night in Atlanta. Why are you here at Clark Atlanta University listening to us talk about reparations? Man, why don't y'all go out and explore? You know, and I like I like the freedom after a while, but you to your point, I hate having a cram and being unprepared. It's I hate nothing.
1: it. It's the worst. Because you want to represent whoever you're doing it on behalf of in the right way, but then also yourself, because there's nothing like uh, not having a great reputation. But I also think I'm just tired because I'm at a crossroads and I'm just trying to figure out interesting like I'm working I'm working too much and there's other things that I want to do that I don't have time for so I'm very much so at a crossroads whoa where'd that accent come from I'm at a crossroads where I'm trying to balance out what what is important what I want to do moving forward and what's not necessarily for me I'm trying to like let some things go and restructure Are
0: are you uh do you have any blueprint as to how to decide what to prioritize and what to leave behind? Because I know that's a tough thing sometimes, Rachel.
1: A blueprint? No, 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 no,
0: no. Then how the fuck are you gonna do it? Like, <laughs> what, 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 like do you have? I, you know there, what I need?
1: Is, I need yeah. alone. I need time with myself. Hmm. I need. I don't have time, you know. And and like work takes away from personal life, and then you want to give to your personal life, and you're tired when you're doing that, and vice versa. And so like, I just need time to just be with myself and weigh some things
0: out something just dawned on me what's that this is why brian is so shredded lately he's lonely (laughs) and getting it in in the gym i'm looking at brian i had to mute him i'm looking at I'm i'm looking at i'm looking at brian i'm like all right man i'm too fat for this i can't you know this is my nigga. Brian is such a nice guy. Brian is one of the best people. It's I'm not really even gonna nice. lie, man. Like Brian is one of the nicest guys. He really is. Brian come over in his scrubs. It. He gets his scrub tailored, right? I asked you about this, didn't he? he, he the scrubs had a very distinct fit.
1: There I did ask him after this conversation. He did say there is, are a couple of pairs that are.
0: What why? See what I'm saying? <laughs> why why don't you ever believe me when I say stuff?
1: Because and it I, didn't make sense to me that he. I tailored could look
0: it. at him <laughs> and tell that the scrubs are tailored. I looked at Kalika. I'm like, man, this nigga is hard to be around. He's so easy to be around, but he's so hard to be around. I'm like, look at the V in the fucking scrubs. Nobody looks good in scrubs, but now I know why. Because you're. Don't do you this on me. And <laughs> yeah. Brian is in there. He's, a, he's like, he's made dinner. You know, he's got a a, <laughs> that a,
2: a,
1: tofu,
0: a tofu salad. And, and organic chicken breast dinner. And he's like, you know, you're coming home. And then he, you don't come home because you're busy. And he does a thousand extra crunches. Yeah.
1: Until I get home.
0: Until you get home. Then you guys slap. talk. Yeah. He rubs your feet. Um, I saw a vein in one of his eyeballs. That's how lean he is.
1: <laughs> Man, move on. Okay, just,
0: <laughs> well, Rachel, um, I am very... Hopeful, and I know that you will find the work-life balance that you're looking for. Uh, I'm going through the same thing right now. I was are on the road you going through
1: it? You okay? Without a doubt,
0: I was oh. on the road in Mexico City. I am back. I have to go to Atlanta uh next week. I have to go to DC the week after that, and then I have to mm-hmm. go to my my ami. Uh, after that, it's just it's uh it's very tough. It's tough, and for me, all of these looks are such great looks. Shout out to the people at Revolt. Shout out to the people at 100 Black Men. Um. But, you know, you don't know what it is that you should be doing. You know,
1: I. But this is what this is what we wanted, though. This is what we wanted. It is what we wanted. But I actually had a full breakdown over having to say no to something last week, and that's when I was like, you know what, Rachel, you might need to reevaluate things. I also don't deal well with people that don't respect my time. So that's and I have slight problems with authority. I think that's from my upbringing. Jesus
0: Christ! Of course you do. What?
1: <laughs> and so I think it's just a little bit of all of that where I'm like, you know what, I got to reevaluate
0: some things here. So I'm just gotta I would, forgive. I have a different question for you. Um, have you have you been have you do we know where soup kitchen is right now? Like what, what's 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 the latest? What kind of what kind of pivot is this? I was thinking about. I told I was, you that I'm
1: stressed out, anxious, and you are gonna bring up soup kitchen.
0: One of your greatest victories. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, that's like me talking to Muhammad Ali, and he's saying, "Man, I never really amounted to something." And I'm like, "Yeah, remember when you fought George Foreman and you knocked him the fuck out?" That's like me bringing up you and soup kitchen. One of your greatest victories. <laughs> You know you know what I imagine Soup Kitchen, you know like when somebody's leaving and they're going on a trip and they got that stick and the stick is connected <laughs> to like <laughs> the little handkerchief that they have that like stuff like in. the
1: country mouse used to get the Remember country the books mouse with
3: the, <laughs> with the books
0: and they're leaving and they got all of their stuff in there. That's how Soup Kitchen left. Have you ever seen that in real life? I was that a thing? Donnie, look up know, pictures right now no. of people traveling. And put in there, Oh, God.
1: He's going to look
0: it up and it's going to be slaves. It's going to be sad. Some, <laughs> some niggas. It's going to be slaves.
2: It's, be it's called niggas. a <laughs> bindle. Oh, and you're right, Rachel. The first picture on Wikipedia is a black man. 1830.
0: See what like, I'm saying? Now, wait a second. Now, wait a second. Hold on for a second. It's, a, it's called a findle? A bindle a with bindle. a B. A bindle. Okay, so let's look up the bindle real quick. So... I'm looking at the Bindle.
1: You're right. The first picture. Damn. I knew it, but I didn't know it was going to look like
0: that. That's crazy. Now, look, we were out here with Bindles and we supposed to give a fuck about a fucking mermaid. We supposed (laughs) to care about your feelings about a mermaid. Y'all stole the Bindle from us and put it on a mouse. The Bindle is ours. We we had to travel around with Bindles and we supposed to care about some fucking mermaid. But check this out.
1: The well, de- first sentence of the definition is: "It's a bag, sack, or carrying device, stereotypically used by the American subculture of hobos." And then you got this picture of this black man.
0: Bindles, hobos, bindles, hobos. I never knew what it was called. Donny found that quick. Donny found that so quick. How to make a bindle? And look, and look, Nuh-uh. look. How to make a bindle? Right here. And who do you think is making the bindle? Who you think is making it white. A white dude mm-hmm. who probably thinks the bindle is the coolest thing in the world. Haha. Today on DYI Crafts, I'm gonna make something called a bindle. Now, listen, if you guys don't know, there is actually a kind of tough history to mm-hmm. this, right? This is back in the day, slaves, when they were going from place to place, sometimes people gaining their freedom. They would take all of their belongings, which wasn't much because let's face it, the history of the United States isn't so great. And they would put it in these things, attach it to a stick. And wow, you had a ready-made luggage case. Here's the thing. Even though that's the history of it, (laughs) I think that for somebody today that's living off grid, it can be a real good tool to move from place to place. So with a nod to that history today, come with me. I'm going to show you guys how to make your very own bendle. And then the fucking moves fast, stop motion, you know, first take a handkerchief. You don't have the sad ass ones that the niggers had. You can go buy one of these at an army supply. Yeah, steal the shit. That's what they do to everything.
1: Now they'll probably put a, a designer label on it and call it fashion. Mark. Yeah. In a few years from now, watch something like that happen. Also, Donnie, let's get a disclaimer at the um at the top of this podcast that there will there will be man do it in some kind of um voice like a tv voice that there will be the use of the n-word multiple times on this podcast because it's a lot today (laughs) it's a lot we should have that where we should just press play at the beginning of the podcast and let people know because this you should have said said it about 20 times
0: you know what we should do we should do a higher learning n-word rating every pot
1: okay like so what's the scale like how many times it's used or so Whether this episode
0: will be rated in for n word.
1: <laughs> this episode of Higher Learning. There you go.
0: This episode of Higher Learning is rated in for N-Word, as the word nigga will be said at least ten times throughout this episode. We hope it doesn't make your version ears bleed, and we that we hope that you continue to enjoy this podcast episode. Thank you, niggas.
2: Put <laughs> that at the top. Yeah, not. that's perfect.
0: <laughs> All right enough with the pleasantries we have to talk about terrible human beings and we will do that on the other side of this break as we get to the big deal of the day
2: big
1: deal of the day gosh every time we do something like this i'm so glad i'm so glad that i'm out of the state of florida all right i feel like we haven't talked about florida governor ron DeSantis in a long time so we're gonna do it now florida governor Ron DeSantis sends immigrant field planes to Martha's Vineyard. Now, he flew two planes on Wednesday full of immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, escalating a tactic by Republican governors to draw attention to what they consider to be the Biden administration's failed border policies. Um, According to local officials, uh, DeSantis gave no notice to Massachusetts officials that immigrants would be arriving. This was part of an effort from the Republicans to transport illegal immigrants to sanctuary destinations. This is what the communication director for DeSantis said. Now, Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, who is a Republican, said that he was in touch with local officials and that short term shelter was being provided. He said our and then State Representative Dylan Fernandez, who represents Martha's Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard, said that our island jumped Into action, putting together 50 beds, giving everyone a good meal, providing a play area for the children and making sure people have health care and support they need. He said we are a community that comes together to support immigrants. Now, DeSantis isn't alone in this. This has also been done by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who began busing thousands of immigrants to Washington in April and recently added New York and Chicago to the list. Um, Arizona governor has been doing it as well. He's been sending immigrants to Washington since May. Um, DeSantis is doing this under a Florida program, under a state program that was funded by the legislature last or earlier this year. And that statement reads in part, states like Massachusetts, New York, and California will better facilitate the care of these individuals who they have invited into our country by incentivizing illegal immigration man man are you obviously i want to know your thoughts but are you shocked that something like this is happening in 2022 in this country
0: no um not at all i'm not shocked because the the republicans uh the the wing of the republicans especially but not to make it seem like the right has ever been progressive or in any way humane about immigration policy, Uh, they are determined to prove to everyone just how evil, unfeeling, and uncaring they actually are. I'll be honest with you, I think that this is an act of humanitarian terrorism. Mm -hmm. And and I say that because it smells um, like something where human lives
2: Mm -hmm. are used Mm -hmm. to make
0: a political point, Mm -hmm. which uh, to me is a tenet of terrorism right you're uh putting people in fear you're putting people uh in a threatening um dangerous situation to make a political point then you're claiming responsibility for it i want people to understand that this wasn't just something that he did this was something that he made sure everyone knew that he did yeah there was a camera crew that followed the plane um there was a camera crew on board the plane. They made sure to get everybody getting off of it. He wants you guys to know just what he's doing to stop what he calls a takeover by immigrants uh, in states like his. Uh, We talk a lot on this podcast about what the Democrats are doing and aren't doing.
3: Mm -hmm. And it's
0: a difficult conversation to have sometimes because we're talking about things that are political, right? We're talking about X's and O's as what, uh, in terms of, if I make a football analogy, we're talking about, did Biden hit the hole? Did uh, Kamala Harris block the right person? We're talking about on the field stuff, right? Okay. Uh, A lot of what we're dealing with when we're dealing with the other side isn't about that. It's about how evil can these motherfuckers be? (laughs) Like, seriously. Like, how evil can there be? You said something that uh, That resonates with me when I hear people talk about this story. You said children. There were kids there. Yo, man, even if you want to make your point to your constituents, don't you care about putting a kid on a plane to a place where they don't know? A kid that's probably already been through so much. And having them land somewhere and then relying on the goodwill of people that you don't know, that you're not familiar with, to make sure that nothing befalls them um, that could be potentially life-threatening or life-changing. He doesn't care, and neither does Greg Abbott. uh, They don't care. And to be honest with you, this wing and this movement from the right cannot be negotiated with. Uh, It cannot be appeased. It has got to be defeated and destroyed. And I'm sorry that we're here, but they continuously remind us that they're subhuman and I meant every single word that I fucking said so for me mm. it actually makes me rethink some of the criticisms that I might levy at uh, at even the current administration it makes me wonder sometimes if what I'm doing is, is actually uh, in the long run hurting things I know that uh, I have to do it I have to stay intellectual about these things and I have to make sure that as a community we get what we want we get what we need and we hold our politicians accountable but these other motherfuckers is something else, man. It's different.
1: It's different. I don't think you holding them accountable is the exact same thing that what they're doing. Because like one thing, not that I want to give them anything, but one thing that they are so consistent on is being extremely creative in being in their xenophobic, racist, hateful, discriminatory behavior. Very creative with it. This obviously was something that has been planned out. They obviously looked at the legality of it. They have their legislature passed something that created a program that even allowed for them to do this. This was a process. This wasn't them saying we're going to bus people or fly people overnight. They are unified on their racist behavior, discriminatory, xenophobic, whatever, all those words, behavior. The other thing that, and this is why I say what you're doing when you're holding the Biden administration um, accountable, when you're calling them out for their lack of messaging or them them promising certain things to us and then not executing them on, on them, them not being unified in their messaging, Sure. Um, is that these people are. These people, when you call hold the Biden administration, you're literally calling out actual factual things that are or are not happening. What they do is take a term and then say it over and over again and misuse the term where it's not factual or incorrect or whatever. And in this case, it's the open border. They have continued to put fear in the people who vote for them, their supporters, or maybe even people who are on the line, that the Biden administration has opened the border and all of these illegal immigrants are coming over here, take burdening the citizens of this country and are, you know, like committing all these crimes. That is and that's not true. But they're saying it over and over again that Biden has created an open border policy. But that's not true. But when you hear the word open border, you think, oh, my gosh, Trump was doing this. But Biden's administration is doing something completely different where all these crimes are now happening or all these illegal offenses are being committed by these illegal immigrants and we have to stop it. And so these people buy into that mentality and that's all that they want. That's all they need. They've got these trigger words. This is another one that's affiliated with what they're doing. You know, you said that this was terrorism and you're absolutely right. I was thinking of this as inhumane, which it is that as well. But I think terrorism hits harder and really shows what is what is happening here as they're treating these people not like people, like animals loading them up and moving them across the country and dumping them there as if they are people like us.
0: See, and that's the thing. And when you come back to the messaging and the substance of what's actually going on, it's why it's such an important conversation to have because it's not exactly like the Biden administration is ultra progressive on immigration. Sure. I mean, a, a lot of the things now they've, they've run into a little bit of pushback on some things from the Supreme Court. They've had some victories, they've had some failures, but they haven't been, they're far from an open borders administration. And to be honest with you, Barack Obama wasn't either. Okay, there's a larger question here. The larger question is as Americans, because we talk about what our duty in the world is all the time, right? We say that our duty is to prop up democracy to uh, to uh, promote freedom to promote security to places all over because those are the tenets um, and the things that America is based on and what seems to be the case is we're saying that we'll prop it up in yours in your country no matter how destabilizing that is no Mm -hmm. matter what that actually does to the society that you live in but we're saying that you can't have any of ours that we're fresh out of compassion in America. We're fresh out of democracy in America. We're fresh out of freedom in America. We're fresh out of humane treatment from anybody else for anybody else other than the people who are not from shithole countries or we're lucky enough to have been born here. We're fresh out of compassion. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And if people want a compassionless state, a state to where we don't even consider What something does to somebody, then they'll continue to what about or split the baby or have conversations about what the right actually brings to the political discourse. But as we move further and further along, we're seeing an escalation from them that is no longer tenable to me uh, in terms of having an actual civilized political discussion. They escalate every single chance that we get uh, and every... I heard someone saying that the best thing for Biden to do would be to actually the best outcome would be for Trump to be indicted and all the bullshit that he's in right now. And for President Biden to then pardon Donald Trump on the condition that Donald Trump does not run for president. That is a stupid fucking (laughs) idea. That's a stupid idea. Mm -hmm. The things that Donald Trump has done, has been accused of doing, and that we know that he has done are far beyond the type of situation to where we should play cards with him. We should deal him the fuck out of the game. You don't get to sit at the poker table anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's over, right? They've shown. And what should really happen is the left and whoever's in power in the left should kick these people in the nuts until they change their stripes shit like this i'm sorry can't fuck with it and proud of it right proud of the situation down there
1: it's it's interesting because you see like we like we were talking about this has been a process and you see that the other side is not willing to play by the rules and do whatever they want to do necessary, no matter how extreme it is. Actually, the more extreme, the better for them. And it's as if they know that there won't be that same response from the other side. Like, how can you get the left to be, to do something extreme to either shut this kind of behavior down or make you think twice about doing something like this again? They don't. Nothing's happening. What is the 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 the, well, I mean, the state representative who I read from Dylan Fernandez read about, I mean, he has to to take care of these individuals because that's just not the kind of stuff or what he stands for and rightfully so. But then what what the the answer that it can't can't just stop there. Something else has to happen to make this type of behavior stop because it's only going to get worse as we lead up to 2024 and God forbid they come into office and then are able to have even more power to do more stuff like this.
0: Uh, Charlie Crist is um, has been nominated to run against Ron DeSantis down there in Florida. Charlie Crist is not exactly a sterling A plus politician, um, but he's better than the doodoo stain and the draws motherfucker they got down there right now. Look, we can have a conversation about U.S. immigration policy. We can policy. We can have a conversation about whether or not some of the policies of even the Biden administration um, have been, in my opinion, uh, kind enough and understanding enough to the plight of people trying to come to this country. We can have that conversation, right? We don't have to have that conversation mm-hmm. um, under the scope of uh, what happened with this We can have it anytime we want. We can talk about what we want as a nation in terms of immigration. We can have that conversation. What we can't have that, what, what conversation that we can't have is about whether or not we're going to treat people hu- humanely and whether or not we're going to inflict trauma onto children, uh, uh, men and women, for the sake of political points. We should be better than that. We should be above that. We know deep down that we aren't. But if mm-hmm. we're have to, if we going to try to be, there are certain voices that we're just not going to be able to listen to. And to be honest with you, Ron DeSantis, the MAGA wing of the Republicans, we can't hear him out. A lot of you guys tried it. I really never did. A lot of you guys tried it. If you don't (laughs) fucking see it now, you're out of here. I do want to shout out one organization, the International Refugee Assistance Project. I want everybody to go to their website. The International Refugee Assistance Project what they will talk to you about is a different arm of this. It's uh, the legal arm of this. There's a way that we can protect people that are trying to come over into the United States that are either seeking asylum or running away from where they are. Remember, there are going to be all kinds of reasons that people try to seek asylum now, right? Like we Mm -hmm. talk about people trying to seek political asylum. We talk about people leaving dangerous drug cartels, but we don't talk about the fact that climate change is about to be a reason that all types of people, scores of people, seek asylum in another place. Another thing that the right has their thumbs up their asses on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're going to tell you, hey, I'm sorry that your fucking place flooded, but uh, we don't want to do this. Like we, we, don't, we don't believe in climate change, blah, 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 blah. Just bad across the board. So the International Refugee Assistance Project um, is a place where you can go and it can help power some of these people to provide actual legal resources to them legal eagle because they're going to need that to know exactly what their rights are sometimes knowing what your rights are can be the difference between um, being fucked over by a government that doesn't care about you and actually being able to assert uh, some sort of power in your situation so go check them out Um, I I looked them up when I was doing research for this Uh, speaking of legal Brett Favre is the worst person (laughs) Yes, Brett Favre I want to you guys Brett Favre is one of the worst people ever Mm. like Mm. ever imagine right now Mm. that you're walking down like Skid Row or a place where there's a homeless encampment okay imagine you're walking down where there's a place there's two types of people One type of person reaches into their pocket to give money to the people in need. The other type of person pretends like they don't exist. Maybe they don't have any cash. Maybe they've seen too many people, whatever. Brett Favre is the third type of person. He robs the people that already are down and out. And that third person I've never met one of them before. I've met the first type. I've been both of those other two people. I've, yo, here, take this. Hey, man, I ain't guy today. But what I've never done is actually gone. Yo, I see you got a skateboard right there. Give it to me. Brett Favre, we negotiated and litigated on this very podcast about a situation where he was receiving money that was meant to go to a welfare fund in Mississippi. The question that we asked on this podcast was whether or not Brett Favre knew where this money was coming from. The money yep. itself, yep. It was $5 million to build a volleyball uh, stadium. His daughter was playing volleyball at the University of Southern Memphis at the time. And there was another million dollars that was paid to, paid to him for fucking like uh, the, uh, motivational speeches and all of that stuff. And it came out uh, of welfare funds in Mississippi Uh, from Governor Phil Bryant. Mm -hmm. Text messages leaked. Now we know he absolutely knew and wanted to keep it quiet. Here are the text messages. Uh, Just left Brett Favre. Can we help him with his project? Bryant wrote to Nancy New, the founder of a nonprofit Mississippi Community Education Center. We should meet soon to see how I can make sure we keep your projects on course. In a separate conversation, nearly two years prior Favre wrote to new about his concerns about media publicity. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much Brett Favre said, no, we never had that information publicized. New said the next day Favre new texted far with an update. Wow. Just got off the phone with Phil Bryan. He is on board with this. We will get this done more than two years later. Bryant texted New to ask whether she had gotten any of the new programs through Mississippi's Department of Human Services, uh, the DHS. She responded in port that someone was definitely pulling for us behind the scenes. I thank I thank Bryant, he responded with an emoji. Fucking out of this world. I'm so fucking sorry. Brett Favre is the scum of the earth. Whatever. Oh, wait a minute now. Rachel, do no, you No, no, I agree.
1: Keep going.
0: Brett Favre is the scum of the earth. He is up there with the Donald Sterlings, with the Robert Sarvers, with the worst of the worst in a place like Mississippi with untold poverty and dysfunction. For a guy like that, a son of Mississippi, mm. to rape the people of that state like that fucking despicable whatever can be done to him should be done to him
3: mm.
1: so I've always thought ever since the details of him sending pictures um, unwarranted to female reporters of his penis I thought that he was a piece of shit and I hated the way that you know usually sadly when these types of situations happen it's usually well what did the woman do like it's it rather than just saying holding this person accountable and saying they did something wrong the the woman must have done something and i've always felt this way about him ever since i heard that and that's not the Only time something like that has happened. And even with in light of this news, that's why that's why when I was making that face and you were like, oh, do you disagree? No, it's not that I disagree. It's that I felt this way about Brett Favre. I've never felt like he cared about anybody else than his own well-being. And I know the thought warriors will correct me if I'm wrong. But at the time that he was sending these inappropriate messages, his wife was fighting cancer. So he just doesn't give a shit about anybody except for himself. And this falls to me, even though this is new and it's outside of what we've known before, this falls right in in line to me with the type of human being that he is. And the woman who um, he sent mine. those messages to, you know yeah, he's come out today and she posted something um, and she wrote today, oh, like on Twitter, oh, now he gets in trouble for inappropriate text basically referencing the text message that he sent her and pretty much nothing was done, but she lost her job at the end of the day for it. Brett Favre needs to go get in trouble in the same way that Phil Bryant hopefully does. And whoever this Nancy knew is that was in charge of community relations or whatever it was handling this money who he was communicating with in order to get the funds that he was seeking for a volleyball arena
0: so here's the thing legally i don't know what the recourse is i'm not a fucker, legal eagle but i do know that brett Favre is a very valued member of the nfl community i do know that brett Favre has several different deals copper tone wrangler jeans he has, there's a a lot of things you can do to a gentleman like Brett to let him know that what he did was despicable, wrong, and completely out of stepping out of line with somebody that people should be looking up to. But moreover, I want everyone to embrace this lesson. Embrace the lesson of the audacity of whiteness. Barack Obama said hope had some audacity to it. And it does. You know, if you're watching Star Wars and you're like, how are they going to beat the empire, Rach? Hope has some audacity, but nothing has the audacity of whiteness. For people on the right to accuse blacks, Hispanics, particularly women of milking and misusing the welfare system in America only to have it come around and be found out that the biggest welfare queen in Mississippi in the history of Mississippi is Brett (laughs) fucking Favre. Is Brett fucking Favre? Do you guys honestly think that Mississippi is the only place shit like this is going down? When you see crumbling infrastructure all over the place, when you see hungry children all over the place. I was watching a video where some bastard on Fox News said parts of El Paso look like a third world country because of immigration. You know what looks like a third world country? Coffee coming out of your motherfucking faucet cuz your city doesn't have clean operating water. And then a quarterback that comes from your from from your fucking state is around here taking money from the people who need it the most. God damn it. Jesus Christ. Come on, man. But they
1: got to do something. Y'all, he's got to be punished in some sort of way. Please. I, I don't even know what 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 can specifically be done. But it's got to. He continues to get away with with not this type of behavior, but bad, inappropriate behavior. Whatever, whatever can be done needs to be done to him. Seriously. I'll be honest with
0: you. I've heard people say this before. I think you should be removed from the Hall of Fame. Be real go, I, I think no he should be removed here. from the hall. I think he should be removed from the hall of fame. I think there should be some sort of civil suit, a massive civil suit, a gigantic uh, civil suit. In terms of the law, I'm not sure what could happen. I don't know. It seems as if he was part of a he was now knowingly part of a scheme to defraud people. So it seems illegal. I don't know if it's he illegal. He said
1: he didn't want the media. To be aware of what he was doing, he fully knew what he was doing was inappropriate.
0: Oh, guys, uh, Rachel dipped on the podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I was forced to go it alone, and Rach, I really miss you for this interview. Uh, but we have an amazing interview today. Uh, Letitia Wright in a in just a fantastic movie she's in right now called The Silent Twins, about a very. Uh, spooky yet empowering uh, yet spiritual journey of two twins that lived in England that would only communicate with each other. We're going to talk to her about her movie and of course we're going to talk to her about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever and some of the discourse surrounding the film and what we might be able to expect. That's up next here on Higher Learning.
1: I'm sad I missed it.
0: Uh, we are joined by an incredibly special guest right now. Um one of the best actresses in the world, a staple of the culture, and star of, man, uh, sublime. um, It's almost adjectives don't really even exists to describe it. Surreal, amazing new film called The Silent Twins. We are joined today on Higher Learning by Letitia Wright. Letitia, how are you doing?
3: What's going on? What an introduction, man. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> no, we appreciate you. Uh, let's jump off into this film. Um, I was unaware of the story of the Gibbon sisters. Mm-hmm. I was unaware of the, the, uh, the really... <laughs> just almost spiritual bond that they had. Mm. And I think that a lot of people might be, uh, tell people a little bit about the movie and what attracted you to make this film.
3: Yeah, man, the the, the movie is a, a beautiful look into the lives of, of twin sisters, June and Jennifer Gibbons. Um, they lived in Wales in the UK in the, in the, in the sixties to like the nineties and, and during that time, from like the sixties to the to the seventies, you know, in um, eighties, they they experienced a lot of like marginalised um, behaviour from society. They 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 experienced racism, you know, and they had a speech impediment. They made it difficult for them to communicate with their peers. And instead instead of embracing them, society locked them out. Um, and we follow their story in our movie. We see how they use silence as a way to protect themselves. You see how they used um, the bond that they share, that deep bond, and that pact of, you know, no, no one's gonna leave, you know, and, and separate to 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 protect to protect themselves. Um, and how I got involved um, and what attracted me to it was just the opportunity to tell a story that I felt um, needed to to, to to be told. With the right angle, you know that their the beauty of who they were as 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 sisters was lost all those years ago when the when the media shared about them and and told everybody you know what what they were going through in the psychiatric hospital the the essence of who they were was lost, and they just became boxed into one thing and i just I just found it intriguing and I wanted to tell the story and I wanted to to do that with the right people. And thankfully we found Tamara Lawrence, who is, a, who is really exquisite um, in this movie. She's really phenomenal. Um, and yeah, man, proud of it. Really proud of it. Not only are we leading actresses, but we're also producers. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a meaningful story. So
0: they, these identical twin sisters don't speak uh, to the outside world for years, but they've developed, um, like I said, a spiritual bond between one another, and they almost—the thing about the movie for me, and and, and some of the research that I did—they almost weaponized their silence as a form of revolution and protest against mm-hmm. their treatment. And we never really think about, um, or have explored in film the power of silence. Mm-hmm. What we always mm-hmm. see is people using their voice Mm. Uh, and we never really think about the power of not saying anything as an actor, somebody whose main job it is to really use their voice. How did you have to change your preparation for the movie a little bit um, in order to bring this character to life?
3: That's a great question. It was a challenge at first because it's like, how do you allow the audience to sit through two hours worth of a movie and the first section the first act is in silence. And I think, I think what we had to do was go deeper. We had to understand the reasons behind the silence. We couldn't just be lazy about it. We couldn't just say, okay, this scene, we're going to be silent. No, we had to know why. And when we went to the book, when we went to the documentary that's out there with June sharing her story. We found that, yeah, like you said, they, they use, silence as a weapon, um, towards society to say, Hey, like, if you, if you're going to marginalize me, if you're going to keep me out, I'm going to keep you out by protecting my space. And and it takes depth. It takes depth to be able to do that. And also I want to champion the younger twins in this movie, people are in for a treat not only for myself and Tamara's portrayal of the twins, but the younger twins, Lee, um, Leah and Ava, they are phenomenal actresses. I'm, I'm shook. I'm shooketh when I watched them, I'm like, fam, like you lot are just, if you lot are doing this at what, 12, 13, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so ready for what they're about to do when they're 25. Um, they had to carry a level of, of depth with them to portray what and to, ev- and to evoke emotion into the, into the, into the audience members and to, and to, and to, yeah, to channel what the, the twins were feeling with silence. It takes great yeah. it takes a great artist to do that. And fortunately we had a great team. For you
0: and Tamara, who you guys play June and Jennifer, how did you guys prepare in tandem? Because it's not the type of movie where you can just go off into I would wouldn't imagine that it you can just go off and oh, uh, I'm gonna go sit around this and learn. I would imagine that this has to be a team effort between you guys. What was that process like?
3: Yeah, it was it was hard to begin with, because you know, every actor wants to come on set, flex show what they can do show how much research they did but ego had to be put to the side from day one so myself and Tamara had to get comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable in each other's space and to be to normalize being together literally every single day um and we had to just yeah just dedicate ourselves because that's what that's that's we we can't even understand the the experience of being a twin because we're not you know yeah. a twin is together from from the from the point of 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 them being in their mother's womb, you know, and, yeah, conception. you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and they, 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 they reach out for each other. I, I think it was like six months or something like that. They start reaching out for each other. Um, Tamara has all of these statistics and research in her <laughs> mind um, that I steal all the time, uh, right. <laughs> but they start reaching out for each other. And I think in a way we had to make up for. That lost time that we probably wouldn't, we wouldn't, we definitely wouldn't have had in the mother's, in our mother's womb as twins. So we had to, we had to freaking work hard. We had to spend days and nights with each other, just like back to back, just research and just getting comfortable in each other's presence um, and bringing that to screen for you guys.
0: Was there, was it the type of thing to where you guys go, okay, we have to spend, seven eight nine hours a, to, a day together or was it like was it like a regiment that you guys had to kind of try to
3: <laughs> first it was a regiment uh-huh. we realized that it wasn't going to work especially when we got to when we <laughs> got to our film set when we got right. to, on location like block out the world mm-hmm. we literally had the hardly any outside communication like we literally was just from the from the start of the day to the end of the day like if you saw me you saw tomorrow like literally mm. like, if, we, if she was eating i was eating like Right. It was literally like just in sync. Right. Some some people got fed up of us on set. They're like, "Oh, there they go. Here's a twin <laughs> You guys doing the twin thing?" Like we had like a, we had people be like, "What's going on there?" Like you know. Or if I had to make a decision, if someone came up to me and said, "Hey Tish, like today we want to put you in this costume," and like, "What's tomorrow wearing?" Tomorrow, did you approve this costume? Because I didn't. <laughs> like everything was the same.
0: Um, I don't want to give away. I mean, obviously, I think that people are going to be interested in what happens uh, in the film, Mm -hmm. uh, in the story. So I don't want to give too much of the movie away. But I do want to say that uh, June Gibbons is still with us. Yes. Um, um, I don't want to tell people too much about, you know, what goes on or what happens in the the story of these women's lives. I'm curious, did you at all get a chance to speak with her and talk with her was she in any way involved in the production of the movie like I know sometimes as actors you want to if you're playing somebody that's uh, that's alive you want to talk to them and you want to kind of sit with them Did that connection ever happened
3: man it's 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 a it's a it's a sensitive topic only because June is very private very private we don't yeah. want to open up you know our experiences um no connection in a way that could could lead to to, to any issues for her privacy. But what I can tell you is that like she was she was very aware that we were making the film from the very beginning. The writer Marjorie Wallace. We've been in contact with her from from the start of her knowing that the book has been options that actresses have been attached. You know, we went to Marjorie's house, we, we sat down, you know, we talked to her. We saw all of the archived footage and information and writings and photos of the twins. Um, Marjorie's just been reading the script and, and staying in sync, you know, with us. She, she saw the edits, you know, everything there is to know about this film. Marjorie was there. And, and what's beautiful about Marjorie's connection to June is that it's still happening today. It's still strong. It's still, it's still one of love. And... Through patience and just us dedicating ourselves to telling the story in a way that's positive um, and not detrimental to to their to their to their characters, um, Marjorie was able to communicate that and, and share with 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 June that that the film is made and it's done and and for, for 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 our sides we got a thumbs up of approval and and gratitude that it was made in a in a respectful and beautiful way. Um.
0: The visual look, because for something like this, you could just the story is so compelling Mm. that you could really just do a paint, but we know the directors are important and the tone and pacing of a movie always is. But you really could just tell the story here and it would be so compelling that everybody would be enraptured. But this film has an incredible Incredibly distinct mm-hmm. uh, texture, tone, and visual look mm-hmm. that almost is almost like another character in the movie in and of itself. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about the director. I I consider myself a cinephile, and I have to say, somebody who I wasn't really uh, familiar with their work before. Mm-hmm. What was it like being on set? And how do you how would you describe the look of the movie?
3: Oh man, so many great questions. Um. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with, 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 with uh, our director's work um, myself. um, But she, she did a few joints that went to Sundance, you know, Sundance as a film festival. They love art house movies, you know, of course. And, and, and I found that, you know, her approach to it, you know, was firstly to to engage with me. You know, she came to me, she asked me to play the part and I told her I wanted to be a producer. You know, everybody was on board. And then immediately after that, you know, I let her know, like, the things in which I am going to stand for as a Black woman. You know, I immediately let her know that I need to understand your vision. Like, how are you going to make this different? You know, how are you going to make, how are you going to put this together? And she had a great team of not only production designer, but also cinematographer. And she made everyone study the book. Um, And what I found... With the visual tone of our film is like, and and I love that you said it's like another character. Is that from the writings of the twins? We didn't want that to be lost. Oh, Every, their imagination. Exactly everything yeah. you hear, everything that you see, um, that the stop animation, you know, uh, the 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 waves and the the poetry that you hear, all the twins. Nothing was pulled from anybody else that's every single word was written by them. So we used it and the visual tone of the film and the cinematography, that was the basis for, 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 for us creating the movie the way it did. And we, we didn't wanna leave that to the side. We wanted that to have its own life. We wanted you to not only see the story in a linear way, but also a non-linear way. Of course. Yeah, we wanted to mess you up. <laughs> and you did. because that's their imagination their imagination Uh is so huge and so broad and so beautiful that we didn't we couldn't just make it one thing we want you to go back again we want you to watch this film at least three times and be like oh damn i got it and then buy the book do you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah Yeah. and you know what the the reality is it's a story that afterwards i was asking myself how how have i never heard of this Mm. like this is such a unique powerful and in places really tragic story Hmm. uh but in some ways still triumphant it's very difficult to articulate if you if you haven't immersed yourself in it but i was wondering how in the world i had never heard of this Hmm. and it did it it, uh it sparked a lot of curiosity on my part to go and uh my producer sent me over a a documentary about it and Hmm. um you know just to to learn a lot more Hmm. I remember the first time I ever saw you on screen, it actually wasn't Black Panther, it was Black Mirror. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, it was Black Museum for Black Mirror. It was the first time I can remember seeing you. And then, you know, it's crazy, because a lot of actors, like, we I, I watch so much Black Mirror that I'm like, oh, Black Mirror, Black Mirror, Black Mirror, Black Mirror, Black Mirror. And this movie has that... The same type of tone of surrealism, mm. like 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 as kind of Black Mirror does, but it's so much different than playing Shuri mm. in Black Panther. Did you want to do this specifically as a departure from from kind of that role or roles that you might have played played in the past? Because the reception to this movie is going to be wholly different mm. than a big popcorn Marvel uh, uh, action flick. But I think it's going to be for a lot of people just as powerful.
3: I feel you. That's a great a great way of looking at it i think for me um I've always been that type of artist to find art house movies like I grew uh-huh. up um on art house movies and I, and my career started in that way like i yeah. I'm like season one of top boy do you know what I mean like
0: oh yeah, yeah you know yeah, I'm yeah. season
3: one of top boy with, with kano and and, and Ashadee, you know what i mean and and i'm you know the the young muslim girl in 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 my brother the devil that went to sundance and berlin film festival you know i am that girl with geordie cormer in in a channel 4 uh show called big girls you know and just doing some some beautiful acting there like i'm i'm i love like stories that that follow kind of like the art house theme um uh-huh. and and thankfully for me, like you know, I I have the perspective of wherever the story is good and the story is impactful, you'll find me there. So if so if it means I'm playing a, a scientist um, who's also a princess, has also a uh-huh. badass in a uh-huh. big you know Marvel blockbuster that's that's an Oscar nominated film, yeah, you'll Absolutely. find me there. If it means yeah. you'll find me in 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 Black Mirror, you know, um, <laughs> I don't want to swear, but you know, messing shit up. Nah, um, you can swear. I'm gonna yeah, do it. You know, yeah. like you know, because that that was a hard body role. Like I love that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to go where the art is. You know, what I mean, I try to go where the substances. And this is another opportunity to do that. Like I've always loved movies like this. Like I was telling um, I was telling my PR team like. You know, and I, I, my team are focused. like I always wanted to be a part of a Focus feature film because when I watch yeah. Art House movies, like, Focus <laughs> features are like, you know, it's like A24. A24 Focus like, features, you know you're in for something, yeah. i like, honing in on like Art House movies. Uh-huh. Um, and it's such a pleasure for me to see my poster with, with that logo, do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I've always been following the good stories. So, so, yeah, that's my answer.
0: <laughs> Speaking of good stories, I was at D23.
3: Oh, for real? Yeah, man. You come.
0: You come That's through th- the panel. You come see. It? Yeah, I came. I can't I came and checked y'all. I saw. I saw Ryan out there, man. Shout out to Kugler. Yeah, Coogler. When you look at Kugler up there, Kugler like, yo, I want to bring my motherfuckers for the cast out here, man. Coogler, <laughs> one of us, man. Like, <laughs> I'm watching Kugler. I'm like, I'm so happy to see That's this. That's all, bro. Up He's
3: himself.
0: Yeah, he Authentic. is.
3: Authentic.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, so we saw a little bit of of what looks to be an astounding follow-up to uh, Black Panther, which is Wakanda forever. I know that's coming out a little bit later. And I understand the whole, the th- that you guys are under lock and key as far as what you can reveal to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to ask you a couple of things about the movie. Number one, there are a lot of people that, I don't know if you've heard about people that wanted to see a different version of T'Challa in the movie. I don't know if you've heard people were saying that they should recast the role uh, and I'll be honest with you, myself personally, I'm very, I'm afraid to see the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid to see the movie because it was so jarring and hurtful to wake up that morning mm-hmm. and see that we had lost Chadwick Bozeman. Mm-hmm. And part of me is afraid to go to the film and have to go through that again. Like, it's actually giving me chills right now to think about laying him the rest. It's mm-hmm. just, it's it's very hard. What do you say to people who... Didn't want to see the character die. That wanted to see the character either recast or moved on to save themselves that pain or to keep the story of T'Challa going forward. What do you say to
3: people? Man, that's that's a very good question. It's 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 hard because you know I understand. You know, as yeah. an artist, you have to be empathetic to what everybody's experience is. You know, with a story, and I understand how invested so many people are. Um, especially in, in the role of T'Challa, like T'Challa is a great example of a king, you know, how much what he meant to black men around the world, how liberating and, and empowered black men felt when they came out of the cinema, seeing T'Challa as king. We've never really had that before. Word. Um I think I think I think it's hard to, to speak on it. Um it's, it's hard for, for the outside world to understand what's happening for us as a team because yeah. we are also grieving, you know. We are yeah. also still grieving and it's not easy to walk onto a set and going to the throne room and knowing that your brother was sitting there. It's not easy to go to Comic-Con and go through the elevators and touch the button and then remember like we pulled out a phone and we were rat battling and like having fun and Chadoka's right there. It's not easy for us to relive those moments without him. Um So we are as a team trying to bring you something that honors him because what we can't do is put it under the carpet, we can't we can't just we can't just forget Chadwick Boseman. We we, we, we cannot, you know, and, and we as a team are trying our best to bring you something that is honorable, um, something that um, helps you to to join us and the Wakandan family on this journey of of respecting his life, you know, because he, he did those films with all that he had going oh, on. Man, and, I can't even- and there's honor in that. There there, yeah. there, there is respect in that. And and one reason why we 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 chose to continue doing the film is because like like Ryan felt very strongly that 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 Chad was just like bro, like you have to carry on. Like you have to you have to put this thing together and and go out there and and do it. Um. So I I I would say to you to not to not be scared. Um. Mm-hmm. We are as we are very sensitive about how our audience members feel um we are with you guys we are in pain with you guys um uh but at the same time we we want to bring you guys something that's honorable to our brother something that's entertaining and something that could could um could leave a legacy to add on to his legacy and and and, and i hope you enjoy it
0: what what does it mean for because in the trailers that i've seen the trailer that i've seen it seems that the women in wakanda are taking full not that they weren't in the first film or if Mm -hmm. i've read a ton of black panther and i think one of the most amazing things about black panther is the strength of wakanda women and how it's actually put to the forefront Mm -hmm. and and prioritized uh but in, in this trailer you know you see the strength of wakanda women you see great female strong female characters yourself Riri Williams, mm-hmm. Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. Lupita Nyong all so center stage. It's really you guys and Namor are the real selling parts of 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 what we've seen from the movie so far. What was it mm-hmm. like to see the women in Wakanda take center stage uh, in this sequel?
3: I loved it because it was a direct connection to the first film. You yeah, know, he could have had Kings Gods next to him. He uh-huh. had women. He had Word. the general is a woman, you know, uh-huh. and. I I love that because it broke so many barriers of what our perception is of the what women should be allowed to do and not do Wakanda is kind of like a a place where your abilities are not connected to your gender, you know, if you if you are good at a job, you are assigned to that job. That's why his little sister is the head of technology. He doesn't care if get who's like scoffing at them and saying, why is your your technology technological advancements is is operated by by a younger person? Like, no, my sister's freaking smart. So I'm going to put her in that position because she deserves to be there. And I think in connection to the first film, how, you know, T'Challa was surrounded by powerful women um and he called on his sister and he called on on his on his on his on his on his uh his love interest he, he called on his mother um to to help him make decisions and i think you know, we, we, we see these women lose someone that they love so much and it's only right for us to, to try to understand how they, how they move forward as a nation. And I think it could re, be really empowering not only for black men to see that, but for black women to see that too and for the world to also see that. Um, in its entirety, so there's a lot, you know. You just gotta have uh-huh. to buy a ticket. You asking bad questions right now. I'm a, look,
0: I'm, I'm I'm there already. Look, you, what you understand is I'm not even here talking to you.
3: I'm already there. You're there. You're in the seat. I'm, I'm, I'm with the I'm popcorn. I'm in the seat
0: right now. Like I'm waiting for them to pop the popcorn. I'm like, to hurry up, man. I'm already there for the movie. Last question I'll ask, and you've been so generous with your time. Um, you. And you guys have to go out. Uh, and see The Silent Twins. It is a, a wholly amazing and unique film-going experience. You guys will love it. And, of course, we're super excited for for uh, for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I want to ask you a question on a little bit of the discourse that's been going on uh, that we've talked about here on Higher Learning. Um, so we have an amazing crop of young Black actors working right now. To me, having followed film and uh, been a part of – you know the filmmaker I produced the movie. You know won an Oscar, so it, it having done this for a while, I think that the the crop of young black talent that we have right now, I'm unfamiliar with it ever having been this deep. Mm. I mean yourself, uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, Zazie Beats, mm. Tessa Thompson, Daniel. Dominique Bourne, Dominique Fishback. Oh, my God. Peaky Lane. Calvin Harris
3: Jr., Stephan
0: James. Absolutely. uh, uh, Lakeith Stansfield. Everyone. It's just an amazing crop of young talent. Mm. There's been a conversation, and I'm sure you've heard this question before, about what it means to have British actors portray Americans in American roles mm. and whether or not our cultures are uh, linked enough for that to be something that we shouldn't care about. Uh, Idris Elba, who's said that it was an unintelligent sort of conversation to have because we are all Black and being that we are all Black, it shouldn't really matter whether or not you have Cynthia Ero playing uh, Harriet Tubman or whether or not you have Daniel Brilliantly playing uh, Fred Hampton. Mm-hmm. I, just to be honest with you, have said, I don't think in the grand scale scheme of things it does matter, but I can see to Black American actors why it would matter, why they would feel as if we're being pushed to the side uh, because sometimes the narrative is that our brothers and sisters across the pond are more refined or better performers than us. And mm-hmm. a lot of Black actors, like Samuel L. Jackson said in the past, think that maybe that shouldn't be the case. Is this an argument? Because we heard this when Queen of Slim came out. We've talked about it over and over and over again. Is this an argument when it's brought up that you feel like has any merit? Is this something that we should be discussing or is this something that we should put behind us and unite as a diaspora uh, to kind of portray roles and and, and big up each other? What do do you think? Do you think it has any merit to even talk about this?
3: I mean, everything has value. You know, everyone's yeah. feelings are validated and, and necessary and um, it's important for us to, to have healthy, um, balanced conversations about how we're feeling, you know. And right. It's it it doesn't serve if we knock each other down. Um for myself I I I don't usually tap into to, to everything in terms of the conversation too tough because you know, I, I I'm still trying to I'm still trying to work out how to be the creator of these projects to begin with. Oh. Like For me, it's like the power is held by the person in the studio. Like for me, it's like, how do they get to craft a story together, put a team together and put something out into the world. Um, and I want to be a part of that conversation where I can be able to, to be to be involved in the creative process of, of putting things together. Like I wanna own a studio one day. Like how to oh, Perry do, that. That? do you know yeah. what I mean? And and I think for me, like I try to I, I think that's where where my focus is. It's like how do I how do I position myself with my craft in a way that can be able to open up doors for all of us so we can all feel that we're having an equal opportunity to to thrive in, in meaningful roles.
0: Word, word. Okay. The big yeah. picture. I feel you,
3: Letitia Wright.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Higher to learn today. Uh, the film is The Silent Twins. Yeah. It is, uh, going to knock you guys' socks off. I think, just to watch what you and Tamera Lawrence did on the movie, it's just, it's amazing. I really can't even yeah. describe. It. It's something that people are gonna have to see. By the way. Uh, I'm a huge fan of you. I know it's you in the suit. I'm not gonna ask you if it's what you in the suit you in the trailer. About, I don't know. If, I'm not gonna ask you if it's you in the suit. I know it's you in the suit. I did a forensic breakdown of Shuri's movements from the first Black Panther and compared it to the split
3: second I got in the trailer, and it's you in the
0: suit. Man, so congratulations on being an- Right
3: now, bro. <laughs> Yo, just get your ticket. When you get your ticket, we'll go watch huh? it together. We're we'll gonna go watch big it together. Caution in it.
0: And we're going to give each other a pound when I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. my sister got hey, you. you're
3: right now, bro.
0: <laughs> Letitia Wright, thank you for joining us today on oh. Higher Learning. Pleasure to talk to you. Can't wait for, uh, for the movie to come out and right. decide to watch your career and all your success.
1: Thank you, bro. All right, so Kyrie Irving, somebody we haven't talked about in a while. Well, just at the start of the podcast, he decided we... Well, not really the start, whatever. Just at the start of the podcast, Kyrie Irving... Took to social media, and he shared something that I think we could both agree that's disturbing. He shared Alex Jones, who we have discussed on this podcast. He shared a clip from him about secret societies and engineered plagues. So this was a 2002 Infowars video, and the conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, who we've discussed. Rants about these secret societies, corrupt empires and government overlords supposedly wanting worldwide rule and a, quote, cashless society, total and complete tyranny. Um, Donnie, you got the clip, though. Can you play the clip?
0: facts and common sense are in yes there have been corrupt empires yes they manipulate yes there are secret societies yes there have been oligarchies throughout history and yes today in 2002 there is a tyrannical organization calling itself facts and Com- okay
1: oh that was it okay uh sh- should we be concerned about Kyrie at this point
0: no we should be ignoring Kyrie. we should <laughs> be concerned at all we as, as, we, as
1: we talk about it as we talk about it on this podcast
0: but this is this is the last time Kyrie is getting the Kanye West treatment
1: who we still continue to talk about let's just when did, be honest
0: look when's the last time we talked about <laughs> yeah seriously we talked I mean, about him we talked let's about just say Ka- we've
1: talked about him multiple times since we said we weren't my point.
0: I know but we, we finally got him out of our system Kanye <laughs> had a whole big thing with Adidas a whole big deal we didn't talk about it we talked about a little bit of the Ray J theme here's the thing about Kyrie Irving guys I want to start a new hashtag or a new organization or a new mantra, a new ethos. Not BLM, because guess what? I was probably wrong about them. Hey, whatever. Sorry. My bad guys. Everybody kick me in my nuts. Niggas, they sit $2 million, bought a house. They're probably having orgies there. Whatever. Wow. They probably, you know, whatever. Wrong about BLM. Cool. Whatever. Here's the deal. B-I-M. And that's black intellectuals. I'm not one of them. Rachel's much closer to being one than I am. Very learned woman. Black intellectuals matter. I'm talking about people who know what the fuck they are talking about. Okay? I'm talking about people who actually have a grasp and a contextual understanding of the past, present, and future of geopolitics, world events, and the the interests of the black diaspora. All too often, Johnny Come lately to this situation come and the last thing they heard is the smartest thing they heard. Kyrie Irving is a person who's incredibly talented and can say whatever he wants to say, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He pulled a clip of Alex Jones from 2002, that's 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. saying something he agrees with. Obviously, that's why I put it up there. The clip lacks any of the context surrounding Alex Jones, who has now been verifiably proven to be a charlatan, to be uh, an unfeeling, unthinking weapon of misinformation and a terrible human being. So the reality is, even if you think that all of that stuff that he was saying is true, why would you use him which is an endorsement of what's going on in his mind as a way to make that point. If you don't understand why you you shouldn't do that, you're either ignorant willfully or ignorant on accident. And what I'm telling you right now is we no longer have the luxury of making the distinction between the two. It doesn't matter whether or not you're willfully ignorant Or accidentally ignorant because the microphone and the amplifying that you get from social media, it's too big for us to care what your intent was. You got to do better when you have a platform. You have to be more thoughtful when you have a platform and you have to be more purposefully intentional when you have a platform. I don't know whether or not Kyrie Irving even knows who Alex Jones is. I, I I know he knows who Alex Jones is. I don't know if he knows every, but it doesn't matter anymore. You no longer get the benefit of the doubt, especially with some of the crazy shit. I supported Kyrie Irving when he was doing what he was doing. Brothers say he don't want to play basketball because a man was shot in Milwaukee. You got me. I supported him, even though I disagree with him in terms of whether or not he should take the vaccine. I support him that. Hey, you don't want to do you want to do is it's free. You're all out of rope, Kyrie. Yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you really sums it up really great. I I I do you really think because Kyrie is becoming one of those people, a person like Kanye, where you watch what he does on social media or maybe what he does in front of the media. And you're like, Oh, that, that, there goes Kanye being Kanye again. It's almost becoming, there goes Kyrie being Kyrie again. Do you think that him posting a video? Yes. It's irresponsible. We can obviously agree on that. Yes. It's ignorant. If you're going to post somebody from uh, like Alex Jones, who we know is extremely problematic Uh, whether you did your research or not posting anything that's in favor of him is a problem. But do you think that he really has the impact or the effect on people where they take what he says seriously? I don't
0: know. It doesn't matter to you. Not really. That's a great question. I don't know. There was a time full disclosure there was a time where I watched Alex Jones. Mm -hmm. Like listen. Out of curiosity? Yeah. I'm into all of this shit. I'm into the the coast to coast, whatever you're talking about, that people are saying you shouldn't be talking about. There was a time when I was into it. I'm into the like, yo, the the coast to coast. What was the guy's name? Ah, um, oh, fuck. The guy used to come on and they would talk about UFOs and sasquatches and all of that stuff. And then mm-hmm. Alex Jones. When I found Alex Jones, somebody asked me if I knew what a chemtrail was. I'm like, no, I don't know what that is. It's like, oh man, the. Planes are flying over. They're leaving chemtrails. They're affecting us in this way. And there's this guy, Alex, just like 15 years ago or something like that, 2009, 2010. And there's this guy, Alex Jones, who talks about him, whatever, whatever. He also had this whole theory that uh, rappers were being used to uh, sell, rappers were being used to sell death to black America, blah, blah, blah. Now, listen to it. It mutated. And maybe it was always there because I was never like a, a dinosaur who likes every single day. It mutated. It became a far right, uh, Trump allied, mm-hmm. disrespectful of kids type of situation. And it became something that obviously me as a person of sound mind, sort of, I have big problems, mm-hmm. can look at and say, this is dangerous. This is too much. This doesn't deserve my time, my energy or my focus. And on top of that, he's hurting people. Mm-hmm. Sandy Hook is a situation where somebody walked into a goddamn school and slaughtered children, and Alex Jones tortured those people. Kyrie Irving's got to be better than that, absolutely, one hundred percent, ten times out of ten, every hour of the day. And he owes the he owes the families of the Sandy Hook kids responsible uh, an apology. He owes mm-hmm. the Sandy Hook victims for sure an apology. Absolutely. Yep. Got to be better than that. Yep. Yep. For sure. God damn it. Mailback. <laughs> mailback <laughs> time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailback time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in.
2: All right. First one is from Nash on Insta. She wants to know what's your worst date story.
0: Oh shit. You got one, Rach?
1: I think I've told this before where I was on a date with a guy and I don't even remember where we met. But we're on a date. It was going good. Went to dinner. I was like, wow, this is, we're really, we're really vibing. And let's keep this going. Go to the bar at the, at the restaurant. Um, we go to another place it's kind of a lounge where we're dancing he's like oh i want to go to this other spot and i'm like okay and i pull up and there's no an sign on the door and i'm like oh this is like an after-hour spot eh, it
0: was the swingers club oh yeah that's what i'm talking about Ooh, <laughs> i don't
1: know is... what oh. i said that made him feel like it was oh. okay to take me there but i didn't say
0: touch me <laughs> oh. he was he, he was in there he that's how this is what he was saying, this my no oh, I, I didn't Not to hear you say anything. Oh, touch my back. Oh, oh. Uh, So there was this girl at work that I had really been getting to, trying to get to go out with me. I don't know if I've ever told this story. Uh, I was trying to get her to go out with me for a long time, you know. But like I, back in the days, for me, I would really work on you. I I wouldn't like be weird about it. I'm just a charming guy, and she decided to go out with me. And I was trying to get my mustache right and like trying to get it perfect because I didn't get a chance to go get my mm-hmm. hair cut right? mm-hmm. and I shaved my mustache off yeah and did I tell this story before
1: it sounds familiar but keep going
0: and I shaved my mustache off right and I, I shaved my mustache off we were going to see this Heath Ledger movie called The Order it was like this religious movie where people would eat I, it was a terrible choice of movies did
1: you have a beard? no beard okay so there was no facial hair
0: it was no facial oh,
1: Okay, keep going. I,
0: I, I fucked my mustache up and I ended up shaving it all off. And I remember I went there and like I was like, yo, maybe she's not going to notice. And as soon as I got in, she goes, what happened to your face? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, man, I may have to say I nicked myself so I have to shave the whole thing off. And she's like, oh, uh, you look different. And then I kind of got a little mad. I'm like, I'm the same thing, whatever, whatever. She's like, don't look at me. If I came in here bald, you wouldn't want to go out with me either. And I was like, so you tell me you don't want to go? By the way, not the best. And she goes, I guess we could go, but like, don't touch me or nothing. And we did this whole whole date. And I was still turning on the charm. It was just very soul destroyed. I remember I came home feeling so bad about myself. Like Jesus Christ, I'm the ugliest Aww. nigga in the world. But it was it was a bad day. We're still no, friends though.
1: But facial facial hair change. Like when Brian has shaved off some of his facial hair, I'm like,
0: put it back, yeah. hey, put it back. See me, me, okay. What's what's next? Okay. All right. Uh,
2: next one. Stubborn kind of fellow on Reddit asks if you were a WWE wrestler. What would your entrance theme be?
1: Oh, Van, go ahead. I'm sure you've actually probably thought about this. Probably acted it out as well.
0: Connect the Dots by Meek Mill. Hold on. Yeah. Hey. Chase, 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 gang. Chase, 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 chase gang. Uh. Talk to him, Meek. Talk to him. Brand new got 40 with a ladder in that bitch. It no matter who you get. tone on your homie you a pussy going out going nuts that's a bop hold on let him go let him go yeah bitch I'm talking Oh my god. Woo. Rachel, I had to leave. I was so turned up. Where'd she go?
2: She just got up and left.
0: She just got up and left the podcast. <laughs> Margoose, what would yours be?
2: Jesus Christ. Oh, mine would be uh it's off the wall. Not Michael Jackson off the wall. It's like it's random. It it would be cool by the time I would be like, what? do you remember Too Cool? Yes. I would be that kind of wrestler.
0: Too Cool?
2: Scotty Too Hoty. Was, was it Too oh, Cool? Oh,
0: Scotty Too Hottie. And uh, his partner. Hold on. Scotty Too Hoty. Let me see. I don't remember Too Cool.
2: Is it
1: over? Is it over? Is this song?
0: Yeah. Uh. Margoose.
1: Donnie, who you about to wrestle with that song?
0: Donnie would be the type of wrestler that would have his cheeks out. <laughs> Donnie, like, oh, I tell Donnie, Donnie Donnie gonna have his cheeks out. What's your song?
1: Can no. you hear this? Can you hear that? No. No. I'm afraid I can't play it off my phone because I think it'll just stop the recording.
0: Oh, what's your what's your song though? Tell us now.
1: Uh, I don't fight. I don't argue. I, argue. I just, hit, I just that hit that bitch, bitch, with, bitch a with a bottle. I love that shit. Oh, my God. Three, we're
0: three for three in the songs. Great question, by the way. All right, last one.
2: All right, last one is kind of deep. Kind of. Uh, Savon28 on Reddit asks, you're granted three hours to explore one without consequence. Would you rather see your past reincarnate reincarnated life, the future of your current life, or your future reincarnation?
0: I don't give no, I don't want to talk about this goddamn shit. That's weird. You know? <laughs> I mean, well, I hey man. Saying. Save on 28. I fuck with you heavy.
1: Thank you for the question.
0: I thank you so much. It's like, oh goddamn it, bros. Too much going on. Goddamn reincarnation, <laughs> Shirley McLean <MacLaine> type shit. <laughs> I can go with the like, colors I'll, one. There's the colors one. That's super simple. All right, go give, ahead. give me the colors one.
2: All right. If you K on Instagram asks, one of these colors you will never see again which one will you choose? Red, green, blue, or yellow?
0: Blue. See, it, it, well, here's the thing. I can't be blue because I went to McKinley High, go big blue. It can't be green because I'm trying to... Oh, wait. The color still exists for me. I just never see it again. It's green. It's green. It's green. You don't really need green like that. What? Notre Dame? The fuck? It's the Celtics? Think
1: oh, about yeah. things in, like, grass. Like, it's like money.
0: These are the things you're thinking about. I know, but like I know what the grass looks like, you know. Blue. No. Nah, all the, ni- the all the nicest stuff is, is you know, it's green. It's green.
1: I kind of want to take it back because of the Cowboys, but blue.
0: Why? Cuz oh, oh, look, now. But they okay. already I still up. got silver. It's so, okay. Oh, enough. Way, enough. Enough. By the way, they already <laughs> tricked. <laughs> right. Um, all right. You guys no unexpected ally of the week this week, but I will tell you guys something. Um, for people who like Unexpected Ally of the Week, we will be doubling down on Unexpected Ally of the Week for some reasons. So, <laughs> some <laughs> reasons why? Uh, we are going to be doing Unexpected Ally of the Week every week. Uh, but there's not one right now. But we mm-hmm. have to have one going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, send Rachel, them in. No, send them in. Send them in. Send them in. We want to hear what you guys think as well. Uh, Rachel, I want to say something to you. I hope that you seriously. Uh are able to relax oh thank you I, I hope the same for
1: you I mean I know you're about to start traveling a bunch but I hope you carve out some something for yourself
0: well I won't be in Atlanta shout out to all my people in Atlanta I ain't going nowhere to the venue coming back y'all niggas not gonna get me it ain't gonna happen to me I ain't going to the mall I ain't going to the goddamn as a matter of fact the Postmates niggas in Atlanta but I drop my shit at the front door I ain't going nowhere I'm not going nowhere in none of these cities I'm not going nowhere here I'm not going nowhere in Atlanta I'm in the hotel don't reach out okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell take think capsule off Do not stop learning thank you to Letitia Wright for joining us today on yes. higher learning um, I am Van Latham Jr
1: I'm Rachel and Lindsay bye guys